0: Now...
1: i'm natalie if you've been with us before welcome back if you're new here thanks for joining us this is stoned and social so we do exactly what we say we get stoned and then we get social with me today i have a special co-host you may remember him from season one i've got rocket with me how are you rocket
0: i'm doing good thank you how are you
1: how have you been? I'm, during the pandemic and your weed consumption, what's been going on with that?
0: Yeah, yeah, it have been good. Uh, it's been uh, obviously spending more time at home like everyone else, so it's a lot more opportunities to get stoned, so that's been, uh, been, yeah, it's been good.
1: So wait, are you saying that during the pandemic you've been smoking more than before?
0: Yeah, I'd say so.
1: Wow, yeah. okay. I've been kind of rationing mine out because mm-hmm. because I've been worried that I'm going to run out, but you've just... You've just thrown caution to the wind.
0: Slip for the day, you know.
1: Just live flip of not the day. not too much. <laughs> um, and I think today we're going to be stoned off of the same thing, right? Because we shared a homemade Rice Krispie Treat. Mm-hmm. And um, it's pretty powerful. I, mm-hmm. I like it. What do you think about yeah. the Rice Krispie Treats? It's,
0: I like them, yeah. It's good. It's good. This it's one, good. Yeah.
1: And I think last time we spoke, you know, we were getting into a debate about, well, not even a debate, just a discussion about if the UK or the US – does weed better, and I think, you know, we we each came to our own conclusions, pretty much. <laughs> but are you still are you still on like your edible adventure? Are you still enjoying edibles to the same extent that you were before? Uh,
0: I, I don't use edibles as much. Um, I use more of the vape pen now. Mm. The edibles are fun every now and again for sure during
1: vaping yeah we were talking about vaping a couple episodes ago we were letting people know to be careful of vaping because mm. you know it is using your lungs and right now with the coronavirus you want to be extra careful of breathing things so i'm very glad that you shared an edible with me today and, and just for for went that stupid vape not I'm that sharing. i don't love vapes yeah i mean mm-hmm. I, I you know i always share weed So today, we are going to get social about a topic that I'm really passionate about. I don't know if you're as passionate about it. Um, But we're going to talk about some highbrow art. um, Because I thought it would be funny for us to be high and then try to discuss highbrow art. What's your what's your general opinion of art? Like, of fine art. <laughs> I see your face now.
0: Um, I mean, maybe you'll be more passionate about this one, but I believe I'll certainly be able to give a, perhaps the amateur's take. You are more artistic, so maybe yeah. you would be able to give the uh, this is what happens. professional take.
1: Yeah, it's what happens when you throw like 50K at an art school degree. It just makes you talk on a podcast stoned nice. about it. So you have you have like kind of no real opinion about fine art? Do you enjoy it or...
0: Saw the Mona Lisa once. You saw the Mona yeah, Lisa. Yeah, yeah, nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. nice.
1: I saw that too. Okay, so yeah, that's exactly the kind of art we're going to be talking about.
0: Overhyped, by the way.
1: What? The Mona Lisa? Overhyped? Oh yeah, okay. We're
0: small and like yeah. All right,
1: okay. We're we won't we won't okay. get into that. But right. but I but yeah, you know, for people who haven't seen it, you still deserve to see it. So, you know, artists. Often work in territories outside of the mainstream, and they have a very long, long history of subverting boundaries around high and low art. And so, for me personally, I think that it makes sense that cannabis and art would intersect especially in an artist's studio where the aesthetic of like you know an industry traditionally associated with you know high or low art can be broken down and reimagined and so this is kind of why I picked this because I think art comes in many forms it doesn't always have to be super like Mona Lisa stuff it can be other things which we'll discuss today as well and so the first um piece that i've picked because there's a lot of contemporary art within the cannabis culture right now um people are designing like crazy ashtrays and you know all the glass hand glass blown uh, pipes that people use all mm-hmm. of those crazy things i consider all of that art and so um a fine piece of art because you were just talking about the mona lisa is we're going to start with the last supper leonardo da vinci's The Last Supper, and I've got it up here for you to look at in all of its high-res glory. And anyone who knows anything about Leonardo da Vinci, very high Renaissance artist who is considered one of the most famous painters of all time, Mm -hmm. even though fewer than 25 of his paintings have actually survived. This is one one of those things. And he didn't have any formal training or anything like that. He just did what he wanted to do what's your feelings when you look at the last supper what is this
0: well this is a picture i've seen many times before obviously even someone mm-hmm. he doesn't know anything about art mm-hmm. and i've always thought it was an interesting photo but i actually read something about this painting not that long ago which is very uh, interesting with our you know the current climate black lives matter and mm-hmm. all, all that kind of stuff so everyone at the table to me i'm just looking at it again to make sure it looks pretty white uh-huh except for this gentleman on the far right. Okay. Now, I may be wrong, and maybe someone can tell me that I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that that is Judas.
1: Right, so... The man who
0: betrayed Jesus. Again, I don't know anything about religion, but I do Mm -hmm. know that story, that Jesus was the one who betrayed... Mm -hmm. Judas was the one who betrayed Jesus, and he's the only dark-skinned man in the photo uh, in the the photo in the painting in the painting
1: right so uh, that's an interesting um that's an interesting thing that you've you've picked up there it was
0: during the black lives matter movement Mm -hmm. you know when it was really strong a month ago or so um which I heard someone talking about this Mm -hmm. and I thought that was a very interesting point
1: now I I have to go even a little bit deeper and I don't want to offend anyone but I think the whole thing is that in this painting in Leonardo's painting. Jesus is white.
0: Mm. Well, yeah, that's my point. That's and what so, everyone in, who at, at this time, I would assume, would be the skin color of Judas. Yeah, they would have
1: been, they would have been brown. Mm. They've been out in the sun. They've been hanging out. And, you know, um, Da Vinci's Last Supper, it, it really is a masterpiece. It, it really is. I don't know if you've seen the original. It's 15 feet by 29 feet. It's over in Milan. Um, everyone knows that this painting depicts... Jesus's last meal with his apostles before he was captured and crucified, but specifically Leonardo DiCaprio said he wanted DiCaprio.
0: to.
1: Sorry, DiCaprio, <laughs> shit, I'm too stoned. Leonardo da, da Vinci. Vinci, but see, also he's got the D too. I wonder if they. I wonder if his family did that on purpose, like a little nod to. Possibly. I'll have to. I'll have to Google that when I'm done. Probably not but... when I'm done rambling. <laughs> um. So anyway da vinci wanted to capture the instant just after jesus reveals that one of his friends will betray him and he wanted all the reactions of everyone in the picture from shock to rage from all the apostles and so this is basically leonardo painting a wtf (laughs) this is just like a what the fuck like he's 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 painted a moment where people are just like I love that everyone's hands are just like what like no one can
0: did not know that no yeah.
1: one no one can believe this and and Jesus is kind of in the middle he's kind of shrugging like well you know guys ugh, you know shit happens um and, and that's one of the things I love about this painting i went to go see it and i remember i had to get tickets 2 months in advance and when I got there, the line was super long, and I just didn't feel like waiting because I heard that you could only stand for fifteen minutes, and that's to preserve the painting itself mm. because it's been it's it's been restored so many times over the years that very few of Da Vinci's actual original brush, brush strokes remain. Um, that people have just been painting it and yeah. restoring it over mm. years and years, so. I started getting in my head is when it, I was waiting in line. Is it the
0: same painting then? Yeah,
1: that was my thing. I was like, you know what? I'm waiting outside to see this masterpiece that we've just been, we've just been Photoshopping.
0: Mm, how many times can, how much can be added to it? Yeah. So long if, if you do, you know, just one brush stroke, brushstroke still his painting. Yeah. Over hundreds of years. You yeah, know.
1: exactly. And it was, it was one of those things where I was, I, I really liked this painting. We had a replica of it in my house and Mm so um but we had a replica with black people so that was cool um but so i wanted to see the original and i know that you know the whole way he painted this is he had used a really experimental technique he used egg tempera and oil paint on plaster and so that's why it started to fade very very quickly after he made it and then by the early 16th century the paint had started to flake and decay and within 50 years it didn't look like itself at all it just looked like it looked kind of crappy and so um even after you know the vibrations from the allied bombings during world war ii all of that started to mess this painting up because i don't know if you know this painting's on a wall okay so it's it's located in its original place on the wall of the dining room of the former dominican covenant Out in Milan. And so it's a wall. So, you know, any sort of movement, especially during war and bombing, that stuff sends cracks through the walls. And so that's why it started to just decay over time. And you know about this painting. You know that people get weird and say that there's hidden messages Mm -hmm. and things like that. What's you, you know about the Da Vinci Code, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, like, there's been the Da Vinci Code that says The Last Supper is the key evidence to, like, some true identity. Yeah, it's a huge cover-up of stuff. There's been musicians who kind of get crazy over this painting. And I know that in 2007, an Italian musician named Giovanni Maria... Pella created 40 seconds of somber song using notes that they supposedly saw within the painting. Um, I'm looking at this painting and I'm not a music composer, but I don't see any fucking notes. I mean, I don't know what you get from this. You
0: may need to look at it a bit longer. Yeah. In a different light, perhaps.
1: Maybe. I, I thought the funniest thing that someone saw out of this was that a Vatican researcher translated the painting's mathematical and astrological signs into a message from Leonardo Da Vinci oh, is, about the end of the world oh, and okay. well she yeah. claims that the last supper predicts an apocalyptic flood that will sweep the globe from March 21st to November 1st
0: 4,006. Oh, so we've got a bit of time then. Yeah, we, we right, can okay. wait. Right, and that's
1: yeah. the thing about predictions like That's it's a
0: great prediction. Yeah. Because
1: it, no one can, you can be right because no one can prove you wrong.
0: No was going to remember that prediction in 2,000 years anyway. Yeah, it's like. There's been more important stuff. Well, the thing is, that's in the
1: that's in the Wikipedia or somewhere I found. And so, like, that lives online. So as mm. long as, as when long did, as. When we, did
0: she make the prediction?
1: She made the prediction in 2010. The,
0: oh, well, what a cop out. <laughs> in,
1: in 2010 she made this, she made this this prediction um one of my main things with this painting that always struck me as odd is it's such a pretty day in the background like for such terrible news that like hey one of you one of my posse here at the table with me is about to get jumped out of this particular gang because I mean that's pretty much, I mean once you have over five people hanging with you that's a gang yeah. yeah, Jesus had a gang. Yeah,
0: he had a few, yeah.
1: Yeah. But, nice. like, it's a beautiful day. I feel like he could have waited until it rained or something. or Night time, maybe. Yeah.
0: Why are you eating supper in the daytime?
1: Uh, ooh, good ooh. question. Well, ooh. it's old-timey. So, like, you know, you had to eat because you didn't dust. have lights and mm-hmm, stuff. Sure. So, maybe this is just, like, dusk or whatever. I don't know. It's This is one of those paintings where I, I like it because I like the concept behind it. But, um... Yeah, it's, it's it's one of those things where, like, everyone knows this painting. You don't mm-hmm. have to be religious or not. Now, the next painting we're going to talk about is one that I believe you and I watched a special on together. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So,
1: this is a painting called Café Terrace at Night. It is by the Dutch artist Vincent van Gogh. And I know we have... Van Gogh yeah we have <laughs> we have we have a sort of thing going okay. on what, where we don't know if it's Van Gogh or Van Gogh, Van Gogh. I, I feel like it's your accent that makes you want to say Van Gogh um and this painting I I was gonna pick Starry Night because I love that one more mm. but I feel like this is also cool because of what we know about it
0: uh, my, my dad actually has this painting hanging in his dining room
1: he has a replica back of this in painting the UK.
0: yeah yeah it's not the real one unfortunately that would be cool <laughs> But yeah, he has a replica of his painting hanging in the dining room.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, Starry Nights always spoke to me, but this one I thought was interesting because I know that this is one of the paintings that he painted while he was there. He didn't do it from memory. Yeah, yeah. He did it right while he was sitting outside of that cafe. And right now, this painting is currently in the Kroller-Mueller Museum in the Netherlands. And... You did. Th- I mean, what did we see when we were watching this? That he was, he was kind of going crazy. <laughs>
0: I think most of Van Gogh's life, he was going crazy. To be fair to him, you know, he's a good artist, but yeah, he was a bit, he was a bit crazy. He was, he
1: was bit, a, uh, he was a bit crazy. I mean, we learned. What did we learn about him?
0: It was his. This was his candle hat photo. <laughs> Remember, he got a hat and like put candles in it, so he could, right. so he could see because it was getting dark and couldn't <laughs> didn't see what he was doing. So he got like oh. he was wearing like a. hat, a,
1: a straw hat yeah he was wearing like a yeah he was wearing like a hat that with
0: holes in with holes that he stuck candles in his hat <laughs> so we could see what he was doing
1: I totally i forgot that i feel just
0: painting and ranting and <laughs> raving in the street right
1: because this was also kids were making fun of him while yeah, he was yeah. painting this remember mm-hmm, they were like yeah. throwing rocks at him and things like that um and this...
0: you, you always think of artists in like a studio very <laughs> calm and peaceful or whatever but yeah van gogh was not like that. yeah
1: what he we saw that he painted outside in the street he painted yeah, in fields yeah, he was... painted in the mental facility yeah, he yeah, went to yeah, yeah. he painted in that little like studio of a closet that would exist in new york right now like he just kind of painted everywhere mm. and uh he's also one of the most famous and implement uh influential figures in the history of western art because in just over a decade he created about 2100 pieces of artworks but like the majority of them were just from the last two years of his life
0: i think 2100 that's so the so like one every, good at one every two days it's 3,000 <laughs> <Well>, 3,650 <laughs> days would be 10 years so that's like one every couple of days yeah well
1: remember we constant. saw we saw in that special we watched that he was feverishly just painting yeah he was staying up Night and day, he was taking drugs, right? He was taking like amphetamines or something. Something Yeah, he was taking. Yeah, he was taking something to stay awake. And so I guess if you've got that, if you've got that kind of energy and you're doing it, you should paint. But he didn't just paint things like this. He painted landscapes, still lifes, portraits, a lot of self portraits, and a lot of them have this kind of bold color. That you see in this painting, this this yellow awning from this cafe. Um, I know that the cafe still exists today, and they have renamed it the Cafe Van Gogh.
0: Of course, Smart, That's a pretty
1: yeah. good marketing cash in on you, right? Claim to fame, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where you're like, well, if he painted it, and. I'm assuming that there's been some history and they've like verified that this is the cafe because otherwise... Yeah, I don't know how you'd
0: verify. Yeah, I mean, I would I'm assuming, so. right? I'm sure if you were to, to look it up or something, then uh, there's probably some kind of historical evidence just mm-hmm, where it was. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And so there's a couple of things I was going to point out to this painting that the thing we watched did not tell us. And one of the things is that a... Um, a scholarly who knows way more about this art than I do, has studied this. A lot of people have studied his works very closely. And this one in particular said that Van Gogh's paintings contain allusions to The Last Supper Mm -hmm. by da Vinci. And that if you look at the painting and you look at them closely, the painting reveals that the main characters include one central figure with long hair, okay, and I see that guy. That's him, right? Wait, oh. Yeah, that's well, yeah. Well, he's in white though. What
0: does that mean? It's just like a yeah. white
1: Yeah, but he's in white. So remember, we're, we're 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 pressing this up against right. the Last Supper, so I don't know if Jesus was wearing white in that Last Supper. Let me see real quick. Okay, he's not wearing white, but everyone remembers Jesus in like white stuff. So, so this figure with the long hair mm-hmm. is then surrounded by twelve individuals. In this picture, all these little shadow people, plus a cross shines in the background of the painting. Is it? That's what it says. Yeah. I can't see it. There's a cross. Where? I'm assuming it's here. I think it's that thing. Mm. I think it's a cross. I think in there is a cross because he's drawn it up and then there's a cross in the middle. And that Van Gogh also included other cross shapes in his works of art. And so they think that the shadowy, the shadowy figure that's slipping through the doorway right here mm-hmm. is supposed to be supposed to symbolize Judas. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And Van Gogh was super religious. And so a religious illusion would not actually be too far out of character for him because before devoting his entire attention to painting remember he wished that he was going to be a preacher first mm. remember he tried to go around preaching to yeah, people yeah. for a while and he failed at that he wanted to to like spread the gospel of stuff and so i think that's that's a pretty interesting thing if it really is if it really is like that if he if he really did think like that because you know he was he was kind of mad
0: yeah he was yeah. he was
1: kind of He's mad but purpose. but this madman again This is kind of reminiscent of Starry Night. These stars that he has in the cafe picture, photo, painting, they are astronomically correct. According to astronomical data at that time, when this painting was made, this is what the sky would have looked like in 1888 around that time. Mm -hmm the sky would have looked like that. So that's kind of crazy that he got
0: method to his madness. Yeah. Method to his
1: madness. Absolutely. And so I think that's cool. I think it's kind of sad that he wasn't commercially successful until he committed suicide in 1890 at only 37. So he was only like, he was only slightly older than I am. Mm. And uh, he just, you know, he had that mental illness. He had depression and poverty and uh, he went mad.
0: Mm that maybe that's maybe that's what inspired his all his works who knows
1: a lot of these artists that we're going to talk about today and just in general a lot of famous artists had mental illnesses Mm. or you know now we we look back and we're like oh i see what that was i wonder if before we had all these medicines and things to cure everyone's ailments if like this is the best you could get you go feverishly paint in a field for three days if like that's what you need to do to get right with yourself because we only have like lot and other weird things that you can take to make you mm. okay or not okay
0: uh-huh.
1: and speaking of trippy because he's a little mad and he is my favorite Um. artist of all time is Salvador Dali. And we're going to look at the painting that most people recognize, which is the persistence of memory. It's the painting that has the melting clocks everywhere. If Mm -hmm. you've ever seen it, that's, that's pretty much all I need to say. It's the painting with melting clocks and everyone will know what it is. Now, the funny thing about Dali is he, Also, like Van Gogh, would get obsessive Mm -hmm. about things. And so one of the things that he was obsessed with was the works of Sigmund Freud. He was obsessed with dreams and dream interpretation and thinking he was receiving messages through his dreams. And a lot of the paintings he did, including this one, comes from a dream that he had. What do, you, what do you think? about that?
0: Yeah, because yeah, I mean, I think that that's you know, I think artists will find uh, inspiration from all kinds of places, and uh, certainly dreams could be one source of inspiration. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I've seen this painting before, but I don't haven't. Uh, I'm not really as familiar with it as the other two. But uh, no, it's interesting.
1: Yeah, I love this painting. This painting was from 1931, and it is one of the most recognizable works of surrealism. And that's pretty much a lot of what he did is surrealism. He didn't only do surrealism, but that that was where he shined the most, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And so around the time of the painting's 1931 creation, Dolly had perfected his paranoia critical method and when I was a kid I just loved this painting because it made no sense
0: yeah
1: it's kind of what drew me in It made no sense and the more I learned about him you know I was like oh none of his paintings make sense but then when I got older I'm like they make perfect sense I don't know if it was the weed or what but the artist would attempt to enter into a weird meditative state of self-induced psychotic hallucinations okay. so that he could make what he called hand-painted dream photographs.
0: Okay. <laughs> that sounds like something Charlie would say from West Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds like something he'd say, but I'm sure that uh, Salvador Dali had his
1: methods. Yeah, and so like I it's just interesting to think that, you know, now we use A lot of people I'm not saying everyone we use meditation as a way to calm our mind down to you know get into a state that allows us to chill out and Salvador Dali was like you know what fuck that I'm going to use this to make myself go crazy and see things and then I'm going to do hand painted dream photographs nice I mean yeah
0: I mean I guess it you know it worked you know he obviously you know he's a famous artist (laughs) Uh, I don't know if he was successful or not Mm -hmm. during his lifetime
1: he was. He was. There you go. So you know,
0: <laughs> whatever gets you to that place, I suppose. I mean, again, I think that to be an artist, clearly, you have to be a little bit mad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably one of those things uh, where you know, if you do, if you are normal and have a normal brain and outlook on things and you maybe you can't create such masterpieces
1: I mean we're all a little mad here but I think I think these artists are even madder than we are now there's several things in this painting that just never fail to trip me out there's the melting clocks right right there's this weird like, it ambiguous, it's not a horse. I mean, look at it. It's not a horse. Yeah. It's just like a figure thing. There's ants over here.
0: Or are they at raisins? They could be at raisins. No,
1: they're ants. Are they ants? <laughs> they're ants. There's a fly. Mm. Then he's got the water, which I'm supposed, I'm assuming is the ocean, but it just stops yeah. straight up.
0: It's like a beach in the background. Mm-hmm.
1: So did you know that there is a self-portrait within this picture that he, that he has set himself? There was There is a self-portrait in this picture. You're not going to believe yeah. it when I tell you where it is.
0: Mm, okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so the persistence of memory self-portrait, which is contained in here, is draped a soft watch. It's the soft watch. For Dolly, the soft watches represent what he called a commemorate of time, suggesting that the concept of time had lost all its meaning in the unconscious world. And so this face-like figure that's here is supposed to be an interpretation of a self-portrait of himself. And I would not believe this had I not seen his other self-portrait picture, which is called Soft Self-Portrait with Grilled Bacon. And it's just him um it's like a it's like someone took a mask mm-hmm. of your face and then it's just like melting kind of like these clocks and then there's a there's like four pieces of bacon next to it Nice. and, and so if he says this weird duck sheep horse thing horse is yeah, horse, yeah. It's, it's not a horse though there's no tail there's no legs
0: yeah it's like yeah essence of a horse or but, something. but he says
1: this is him yeah, okay and so remember i told you he was super obsessed with freud right Eventually, he got to paint Freud personally okay, cool. in 1938, and it was a kind of a big deal because Freud had already said several times, like, fuck surrealist, I don't like them, they're taking the messages of my dream interpretation, and they're not understanding it. He kind of was like, he's a man of science. And so if you're a man of, you know, I'm using science. He's talking about dream interpretation. But if you're a man of science and you think very highly of yourself, and then you see people painting melting clocks and shit, you kind of, you kind of like, don't take the piss out of me, right? I
0: suppose so. Yeah, Yeah. I can see that.
1: So he was not, he was not about the surrealist, except he made an exception for Salvador Dali. He let him paint him. And apparently when he painted him and the self-portrait is called something like the madness of um narcissists or something i can't remember what it's called but he painted it It's a scribbled kind of thing of of freud and freud whispered that he looked like a madman Mm. to someone who was there Mm -hmm. and so dolly apparently took that as an extreme compliment and then when interviewed later freud said that I have been inclined to regard the Surrealists as complete fools, but that young Spaniard with his candid, fanatical eyes and his undeniable technical mastery has changed my estimate. So that is pretty cool that he was like, he's so crazy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I don't want to pick Freud's brain too much, but I also think it's a little bit of an ego thing. Possibly. I think for Freud he was kind of like man this dude's gone crazy. He's gone so crazy he's painting me I'm flattered. Mm -hmm. Because Freud was all about meanings within meanings within meanings. Yeah. yeah. And so I feel like he wouldn't admit that like he kind of got on board with Surrealist because he was like you know what I've driven this man mad I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. That's kind of I mean that'd be kind of cool if you drove someone mad for you
0: you can see how Freud would enjoy that yeah it kind of would fit into his
1: <laughs> it would fit into it right plays. yeah and this is one of those paintings where you said you know it you've seen it and it's mm-hmm. famous but it's only slightly larger than American notebook paper it's like oh. nine and a half by 13 inches mm-hmm. so it could fit in a printer yeah it's yeah. very small and when you look at this it doesn't give you that feeling of it being small Mm-mm. especially when you consider that what we're saying the last supper is 39 feet tall wow, yeah. yeah that's that's crazy. A, that's a big pain. That's crazy. So like to, you know, the fact that this small piece of work also has such a huge, huge impact on everyone, I think is really interesting. You were talking about the chocolate raisins, which are ants. Okay. And he has said they're ants. So okay. I just wanted to. Right. Okay. But the ants are supposed to also represent the sands of time and sands in an hourglass because the ants, if you look real close, let's see if I can blow this up for us. There we go.
0: Okay, yeah, they're on. Okay, now they have got legs. Yeah, they've got right. legs. Okay, okay. Um,
1: They have, they also have hourglass-shaped bodies. And so um, it's also the shadow is supposed to be the looming of the sun that is passing by overhead. But the sun is not in this picture at all. And that's why the distant ocean is supposedly suggesting a timelessness or eternity, which... I, I would I would agree with, but why did he have to cut the ocean off right there? Why didn't he, like... Because if it's timeless and eternal, mm. why'd it stop?
0: Well, yeah, that's a, good, that's a good question. Why'd it stop? I don't know, yeah, you'd have to ask Mr. Dolly that. I mean, I'm not sure <laughs> I can't answer that. Can't funny. answer that. No. Um,
1: unfortunately, you know, he died of heart failure in 1989, and a lot of his works, this included, I've seen this one as well, this is holed up at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in mm. New York City. Um, most of his work has been there and this painting specifically was donated by an anonymous person mm-hmm. that's pretty cool that someone was just like i shouldn't have this i need to share this with the world and what i liked is he wasn't he was he was just like da vinci he was a renaissance man you know he did theater and fashion and photography and movies and he was into a lot of other things just just happened to be the thing that he was in and i think this is one of the most um, this I don't want to say most, but this is in a lot of pop culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, yeah. this has been in the Simpsons. Yeah, I like that. A lot of it's been in Futurama. Mm-hmm. It's been in Sesame Street. It's been in a bunch of stuff back. You know, back in action. It's it's just it's just been in a lot of stuff, and I, I really like it a lot. It's one of those things where um, I it always I always find something new to like about it. So the last. Oh, actually
0: I'm just gonna jump in oh, and I've okay. I've got one to show oh, you actually.
1: Okay. Oh, you've got one to show me in okay.
0: preparation oh. of this show. Okay. P- I found one myself that I actually one of the few paintings I do actually know a little bit about. Uh do you recognise the gentleman in, in the portrait?
1: Yes, that is Winston Churchill. That is,
0: that is Winston. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is Winston Churchill. You have yes. such a
1: hard one from Winston Churchill. I don't have a
0: hard one on Winston Churchill. <laughs> it's just a, it's just an interesting painting.
1: You're always telling uh, me Winston Churchill things. This
0: is graham Sutherland's portrait of Winston Churchill. Okay. It was uh, commissioned for Churchill's. I think it was his 80th birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm Not. I think he'd stepped down from prime minister at this point because he was there and he came back again. Mm-hmm. So I think he'd stepped down at this point. But the uh, you know the houses of parliament commissioned this photo. Uh huh. Um, this photo. I keep saying photo. This, I know. This picture. I know. Sorry, it's it's
1: hard. It's hard. Of
0: Winston. Um. Now Winston saw the uh, the uh, portrait of it, and mm-hmm. he found it deeply insulting he hated it <laughs> he thought he looked terrible he thought he looked weak and old I um, mean
1: he does and he was Do and you-
0: that was the artist's point was that you know um time is not kind to any us mm-hmm. eventually you mm-hmm. know what I mean time is the great killer of everyone and everything and uh, he was commissioned to paint Churchill as he was you know uh, which is why he had him sitting, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he wasn't... This doesn't show Churchill. Yeah, he like doesn't the look strong. Great wartime leader yeah. or whatever. It shows him as older. He looks
1: like an old man in a chair. Mm-hmm. I saw that, that Sutherland only received a thousand guineas for this which was a form of payment way back then um i i don't know how much it would it would be right now but i know that it has to do with like the pounds and the shillings and all mm. of that so i don't think he was paid very much for this painting it seems like
0: well i i mean so uh so it, it was unveiled and a lot of people considered it to be a masterpiece of sorts mm-hmm. like i say churchill hated it and took it to his uh country residence um and he and he burnt it he burnt what? the painting, yeah, and it's widely regarded as one of the, you know, one of the most uh, historic lost pieces and that kind of thing.
1: Oh my gosh, what an
0: ass! Yeah, yeah, he burnt it. He didn't like it.
1: I just looked it up, so it looks like maybe the guinea nowadays, a thousand of them would be less than one dollar. No, that's definitely, that's, that's, that definitely, that's definitely. Is that very, wrong? Is that wrong? Well, it says the guinea was worth one pound, or yeah one pound so so a
0: thousand pounds
1: so a thousand pounds i guess yeah did
0: all right yeah, yeah. Yes, okay right. for 1950 I, I guess i mean you're haven't. painting
1: churchill though you're painting churchill and so wait so are you telling me that this painting doesn't exist anymore no 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 it's
0: burnt it was so burnt, how yeah. do they
1: have how do they have... i'm
0: assuming that this is a recreation that we're seeing or... how
1: is it a recreation
0: because some people saw it some people did see yeah that. it was unveiled i believe
1: oh um
0: but uh Churchill was not a fan and huh.
1: uh interesting yeah I'm just checking it out now to make sure but like so so the painting got destroyed and broken and thrown out and it was all because he didn't like it
0: yeah because of how it made him look um mm. he didn't like to be uh, portrayed as weak you know I, I don't believe Churchill lived much longer mm-hmm. after this um yeah.
1: I, I think that's kind of i think that's kind of disrespectful to the artist Yeah, like you know he took a lot of time to paint this whether or not he liked what he saw unfortunately truth is hard to see but like someone took the time to do a fucking portrait of you i've always wanted someone to paint a portrait of me paint me like one yeah. of your french women certainly
0: had his you know he had a temper and uh you know that kind of thing so yeah huh. Mm
1: -hmm. that's interesting thanks for sharing that i know nothing about that do you know anything about graham sutherland do you know anything about this artist
0: uh just what i saw in that Episode of The Crown that taught me about this painting. (laughs) (laughs) Highly recommend, by the way, for anyone who just did in some British history. The crown.
1: You're being so British right now. You're recommending the crown. Give it a watch. Okay. All right. So that's that was that was really cool. Thank you. You taught me something new. I love learning new stuff. I say it all the time. If you are not learning one new thing a day, you're pretty much wasting your time here. Now, the very no, actually, this isn't the last picture. We've got two more pictures. I'm sorry. We've got two more paintings. So this one. I don't know if you've seen this one before because I was trying to look for famous female mm. artists and painters because there's not very many of no. them.
0: No, I, I can't think of.
1: So, this is a Georgia O'Keeffe painting. Okay. It's called Black Iris, and I don't know if you know who Georgia O'Keeffe is. No. What have you ever seen this picture before? No. This, what does this look like to you? A flower. It looks like a flower?
0: Yeah. <laughs> has okay
1: okay because a stem
0: there and... sure yeah
1: it has a little stem there but a lot of a lot of georgia key's paintings look like this mm. and it has been linked to a lot of controversies that all of her flowers look like vaginas i want to say that yeah I but it did but it does right it does, oh so you lied yeah, well it doesn't
0: like a flower <laughs> it doesn't like a flower but yeah it does look a bit vagina like
1: okay because yeah the thing is i had a really big obsession with her as well when i was younger and i was really into art and i'm just gonna pull up some of her other pictures here and so as you see some pictures really like it's hard to argue that they don't look like vaginas Mm -hmm. um but she was you know she was an amazing amazing artist but she said straight up she rejected all claims that said her her paintings looked like vaginas and she said that such meanings were derived by everyone looking at it and that she did not give those interpretations to the picture. Now some of her work then the black iris which I showed you is also in the Met in New York. It's only 36 inches by 29 inches. Um, She is she painted a bunch of stuff. She did skyscrapers, and she did New Mexico landscapes. People call her the mother of American modernism. And I do think she painted really good things. But I'm sorry, like, this is a vagina, it Georgia. Does. Like, I'm listening to you. Yeah, yeah it
0: does, Leah. I mean. I
1: hear you. Um, and she she said, I made you take time to look at what I saw. And when you took time to really notice my flower, you hung all of your own associations with flowers on my flower. And you think about my flower as if I think and see what you think and see of the flower, and I don't. And that's that's a lot of double speak, right? Yeah, I don't really <laughs> done that. Yeah. So basically what George O'Keefe is trying to say is look, I painted this and all I wanted you to do was look at it. But you looked at it, and you made you made decisions based on what you think I wanted you to see, but I just wanted you to see whatever you were gonna see. Cool. Sure, right? But it's a vagina. Okay. 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 Yeah. yeah, it looks like it. Like a lot of these look like vaginas. And the thing is, when this started happening, she got really annoyed, and so i always oh poor georgia o'keefe poor thing um to in an attempt to stop people from talking like that about her paintings she then started to just give them even more detail in the hopes that it would look less like vaginas and so this is one of the ones that she started getting like really detailed in but it doesn't look any less yeah it still looks, yeah, it like, still a looks like a vagina right yeah. Well, I liked her because she's one of the few painters and artists who actually went to painting school. She was at the top of her class. Um, But then when she got older, she started to lose her eyesight. And so she couldn't paint without assistance. Mm -hmm. She started doing clay stuff like that. Um, I know that she had some weird love affair with some dude who was obsessed with her and he, he... like 350 portraits of her they were like and i think more than half of them were of her nude Ooh. yeah and so you know a woman who's a woman who's posing for like 300 you know 250 mm. nude photos hon, it's okay i don't care if it's a flower or a vagina i think that they're beautiful either way
0: yeah, I don't know if I'd hang one in my living room. You wouldn't hang one in your living room? No, not if I had kids <laughs> around as well. It seem to be inappropriate. But
1: But it's a flower. The mm. artist has said it's a flower. Yeah. So maybe you just I'll have to reconcile. Maybe of, you just have of to the reconcile. Ones you've seen today, I'd probably... Wait, what about that one? <laughs>
0: okay, that is the worst one of all. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that one is definitely she's just taking a piss with that one.
1: Okay, 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 okay. All right. So, you know, let's let's let she's an artist. Let's respect that. Yeah, yeah. So she's she said they're flowers. I'm gonna pretend they're flowers. I think
0: she's just playing us all.
1: I think she just is blatantly. Just
0: just laughing. I think she's blatantly blatantly
1: bisexual and just didn't wanna.
0: (laughs) Just didn't wanna say. It's a different (laughs) time back then, I suppose.
1: So, well, I mean, she's not. She's not that old. She died in 1986. She was only 98. That's not. 1986 was okay. She was in New York. She was hip. Okay, you know. She was with it. Coming
0: and, and also, <laughs>
1: everyone was already saying they were vaginas. You might as well just lean into it. Possibly. It just seems like such an angry, pissy artist thing to be like, no. But anyway, the last one is the most modern artist we have to talk about. And it's one you're probably more familiar mm-hmm. with, which is? banksy thanks yeah. and this is the this is the graffiti art that love is in the air flower thrower and if you don't know it it's someone who's wearing what we wear now which are neck mask and launching a bouquet of flowers somewhere and i do know that this painting is on a wall Right?
0: It's, it's, it's graffiti. It's not a paint. I mean, Well, yeah. He probably wouldn't call it. People probably wouldn't want it called a painting. This is uh, street art. This is street art. Yeah, it's not really. I don't know if you, if you call Banksy stuff paintings. Would
1: you it's call Banksy stuff art?
0: Yes, yeah, art. Yeah. You think it's art. art? Yeah, yeah. Because,
1: you know, the big thing with Banksy right now is that he's anonymous. He's yeah, an yeah. anonymous English-based street artist, vandal, political activist, yeah. film director who's been around since the 1990s. Yeah. And a lot of his street art graffiti has a sort of satirical and subversive dark humor to it. Like he's, he's saying a thing without saying it outright.
0: Yeah, yeah, like I said, he's a political, he just, you know, he gives political messages through his artwork and that kind of stuff.
1: He's, he's, he said, supposedly, that he was inspired by uh, 3D, which is the graffiti artist and founding member of Massive Attack. And there's been a lot of speculation that it's actually 3D for a massive attack, but he won't say, like, he's denied that. He's flat out denied that. They've said several times yeah. it's none of them. I'm
0: sure we'll find out one day. Well, maybe not, actually. It's been that long now. I, I mean, I remember Banksy when I was a kid. Was sort of like quite, he was when he was, this was around 2003, I think this picture yeah. was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he was quite popular when I was a kid. I haven't heard much fr- from him. Like, I always thought, you know, one day we'll find out who it was. Yeah. This was like 15 years ago. So maybe, because I mean, I'm sure there would be huge commercial benefits for Banksy if he was to identify himself.
1: Yeah, I wonder. And it's uh, one of those things.
0: I mean, I don't know if Banksy is real. I mean, I think, I don't actually know how much he's known about him. It's been a long time since I've, you know, thought about Banksy, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, he's a, interesting fellow
1: and this paint this i keep saying painting this piece yeah, i mean i think you yeah. can
0: call, i don't know if there's any specific rules about it. i think you can call it this painting. art this yeah. art
1: this art was actually first put on a wall in jerusalem um that was on the city's west bank barrier wall that um, separates israel from its occupied well, territory go, so
0: throwing flowers mm-hmm, instead of bombs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and,
1: and so then he painted it again and that's when he put it somewhere else. And this, this is because he was in favor of the Palestinian rights. And his advocacy continues to stir controversy within people. They don't like a lot. I say they. The powers that be don't like a lot of the pieces that he has because they come up everywhere. They're on walls or in public spaces. It's usually, people usually can immediately identify a art, a piece of work by Banksy because he's so well-known and i love that no one knows his identity now Mm. i think i think that's part of the charm is that we may never find out who Banksy is but i know a couple years ago a dj referred to Banksy as a man called rob in an interview now i'm not sure if that's true but i don't I don't know. I just love that he takes all of this crazy visual stuff for himself and that he's got this rebellious, you know, sort of pseudo political message that goes along with it. Did you ever see that, that thing he did the dismal land? Did you get to see that? It was like a mock of Disneyland and it.
0: uh...
1: it was, um, it was, I think it's still there. It was a temporary art project that was in 2015. It was a faux family friendly destination in the British Seaside of, Mo- I don't know how you say that. Is that Modelid? Is that a place? Modellid?
0: Maybe,
1: but it's supposed to be Disneyland, uh, but it's very like as you see everything yeah, everything's yeah. kind of bleak um it looks like it's it's really it looks more scary than it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. and um it's it's supposed to be a take on on Disneyland because obviously Disneyland is like the height of capitalism, and even though it you know for some people it's gonna bring this huge amount of joy there are a lot of bad things about Disney. Disney has a pretty bad rep Mm -hmm. on how they treat people and how they run things and why water is 10, you know, a bottle of water is $10 and things like that. So, so I like that he created this thing. I think that it got torn down, but I'm not, I'm not sure exactly. Maybe the next time I go to England, I'll see if I can find it, but I thought it was pretty cool. It was set up. Um, It was one of those things. And whenever he does do something, there's a huge debate on whether his work can be protected as art, mm-hmm. because as you know, you guys have a huge graffiti problem. Well, yeah, right? I mean,
0: yeah, graffiti is illegal. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But there's loads of really good graffiti all mm-hmm. over London, um, especially sort of East London and sort of Shoreditch and those sort of places. There's loads of interesting stuff around. Um, but yeah, it's technically, it is still illegal.
1: Yeah, and so that's kind of one of the things people argue is that you know there's other graffiti artists that are, you know, persecuted and sometimes even put into prison for doing the same thing that he does but he he goes a step further sometimes because i don't know if you remember the exhibition of his work in london in 2005 where he released 2000 live rats in the gallery mm. and he uses rats a lot yeah,
0: yeah rats are common and yeah.
1: what do you what do you make out of that what do you make out of him rat using race, that
0: maybe you think it's rat race maybe rat race i yeah. think
1: it's i think it's a representation of us i think he views humans mm. and like the government as rats yeah, yeah. Just doing anything That's to survive, survive. Mm-hmm. yeah
0: that's the rat race, isn't mm-hmm. it? Well,
1: yeah, yeah. I guess that's the rat race. Mm. I know that some of his some of his pieces have been sold for over a mm-hmm. million dollars. Yeah, millions, yeah it's, it's kind of crazy. And I think this is really cool because I think things like this are what paved the way for artistic expressions, like a lot of the artistic cannabis marketplace stuff that we're seeing now, which is coming through with a lot of tasteful, art experiences like you know these kind of high-end goods that are like pipes that are Mm -hmm. made and all like I said all kinds of things I think you know if you try to compare Bansky to Van Gogh, it's not going to work. But I think in their own, there's
0: probably some crossover there somewhere, though. <laughs> I'm sure there's something they have in common.
1: I think in their own right, though, they're both artists. Mm-hmm. Would you say that? Of course, yeah. You Absolutely. agree with that? Oh, I know yeah. there's there's a lot of people who who would agree, who who will not agree with that, mm. who will tell us that you know it's graffiti, it's nothing. But to me, my definition of art is anything that someone creates. With the purpose of expressing something without words for others, that's pretty much my that's pretty much my interpretation of art. So that's why I consider you know certain handbags that I love, mm-hmm. shoes, clothes, you know, jewelry. It doesn't just have to be this, but because it's used with you know five dollar spray paint can versus egg tempera and stuff like what Da Vinci was using, I think sometimes this kind of art gets put down and I don't, yeah. I don't like that.
0: Mm. Oh yeah, sure. It's a good point.
1: I'm worried that we're entering an era where we're not going to have amazing classical art, like mm-hmm. what we've talked about leading up to Banksy today, because of digital art.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I
1: think the era of like painting like yeah. on, on, on canvas, canvas yeah. is gone. Probably. Oh my gosh. That's so scary. Yeah,
0: probably. That makes
1: me so upset. Yeah.
0: I mean, what's the last famous painting you can think of? What's most really, I don't know, what was twenty nineteen? Do you know what I mean? I can't. Well, I mean, I mean, these things probably uh, they get more appreciated over time, I suppose. But yeah, I would say that the art of
1: uh, yeah, I think the, it's gone. The art of
0: pa- I don't think it's. I don't think it'll ever be gone. But it's no, it'll never it's... be
1: gone. But it's not going to be the focus. I don't think we're going to look back in fifty years and find a pile of someone's like. Well, canvas now we've paintings. got movies
0: and TV, and you know that their art in their own right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that make a lot more money directing a film than you will uh, painting a picture these days. Mm, so, that's
1: crazy. Yeah, yeah. I that's mean, crazy yeah, for me. Yeah,
0: probably. The era of the oil painting is probably coming
1: in. Oh, oh, that really just... It really just pounds me. It makes me so upset right now. I oh, would learn
0: to paint. Bring it back.
1: <laughs> I can paint, but I'm one of those people who can only paint what I see. I can't paint things out of my head. I'm, gonna I'm see not. some
0: cool shit and <laughs> do the painting of it.
1: Bring it back the era. I can do that. I'm, I'm going to work on that single-handedly. But you know what? You're going to work on single-handedly. Munchie Ooh. of the week. You're going to tell me what your Munchie of the Week is. If you're just joining us and you don't know what it is, it's... One of us tells what munchie we're eating this week as our munchie of the week. It's always something new and fun, and usually yummy. So, what do you have this week? Uh, this Rocket? week
0: I've been uh, on the peanut M and M's.
1: oh
0: yeah. Uh, I don't think we have these in the UK. We may made... actually. No, I think we I, do have like I haven't had these for a long time. Mm. Saw them in the store, and uh, yeah, mm. no, they're pretty good.
1: So these are just M and M's that have a peanut in the middle. Pretty much. I thought that. M&M also made M&M's with peanut butter in the then it, like, peanut and the They peanut butter made? and
0: caramel yeah. and mint and like pretty much every other flavor. Because the thing in America, you love a thousand <laughs> different flavors of everything, which is actually pretty cool, to be fair. <laughs> in the UK, we're pretty standard, but yeah, in America, there seems to be flavors. You guys be, have, we have, we have these, like,
1: ketchup chips and like, weird stuff. You guys have roasted chicken yeah, Walkers chips and stuff, uh, which is bit, our Lay's. Which
0: is Lay's over here. Yeah, they go a bit crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, they like bring out different flavors every year uh so like i remember one year they like you could send in whatever crazy flavor you wanted and they picked like the top five so we had like a roast dinner flavored crisps mm. fish and chips flavored crisps yeah, no no uh, chicken tikka masala flavored crisps mm. onion bhaji i think was one as well no i'm okay it's pretty cool yeah it was so what are you
1: giving these m ms in terms of tasting this have you given one or two thumbs up
0: two thumbs up
1: just that that yeah, quick two
0: thumbs up yeah yeah
1: and what about the ease of eating these while you're stoned yeah, I mean yeah. I've eaten like five of them. Yeah, right they're not now. very
0: messy. Like yeah, yeah. Two, two, two thumbs, thumbs up. up. That for
1: sure. And the size of the munchie, like I'm talking about the bag and yeah. and the size of them in general. It
0: is a share size, so uh,
1: Oh is that why I'm taking that's so many? Because the bag
0: yeah, says yeah, yeah, yeah. share. A share size, all so, yeah. right, so all the, all thumbs, good, up. All
1: the thumbs up. Yeah, nice, eight. nice. I like it. I'm gonna steal some more of these while we answer. Our stoner question of the day, which I don't think you got to do last time. Okay. Um. But you're co-hosting today, okay. so you're gonna get to participate in it. So we've got Julia H. Who asks, "I found marijuana in my son's room, and I am furious to say the least. He is currently on probation. Ooh. Should I turn him in?"
0: There's definitely two parts to that question. Mm. <laughs> yeah,
1: Julia, I mean, you're asking a lot, hon.
0: I mean, I wouldn't turn him in. Like, I wouldn't turn him in person. I think. I mean i wouldn't turn him in
1: i wouldn't turn him in <laughs> julia because he's first of all he's your son but like i would have a talk with him
0: you know he's gonna turn himself in yeah i, yeah. I mean i don't know um a huge amount about the legal system but i'm pretty sure they uh drug test mm, sometimes um so you know he's being pretty stupid if uh because i mean again i don't know i don't know the specifics of the case but yeah is he that on would,
1: probation for weed because if so probably that's probably
0: send him back to prison or two pri- or whatever you know whatever the specific yeah Juliet. So he's being pretty pretty dumb uh if if um because when i came over to the states i had to stop smoking weed um because <laughs> they were gonna potentially drug test me so you know getting things is ahead. fun but if, Thing if you are in those legal uh, if legal issues do come up it's probably not worth it mm. um so it sounds like your son is a uh, Maybe, yeah, uh... he's,
1: he's, he's on thin ice right now. And the thing, the thing for me most, Julia, is that first, he's your son. So give him a little bit of compassion on this. I'm sure being on probation for whatever he did is probably mentally messing with him. And so I would say before you jump to straight should I turn him in, I would ask why you want to turn him in. Is he annoying you? Is he living with you? Is he is he mooching off you? Is he not? Is he a disappointment? I would figure out why you want to turn him in first, because you are his mom. You're supposed to, you know, care about him and his well-being first. Yeah. Ride or die, mom. But the other thing is, and and this is the other thing is, you know, he's going to go he's going to go back to jail. he's probably gonna he's probably probably gonna he's probably gonna get in more trouble and so why would you do that yeah maybe
0: try and help you know yeah
1: i would talk to him first julia i would talk to him and you don't have to be accusatory or you know because he's gonna get defensive when you talk to him about this but i would just say hey i see that you are smoking marijuana and i know you're on probation and i want to talk to you about the risk are involved with you technically i'm assuming he's breaking the law because your state i was gonna say and because he's on probation so he can't do it I mean, is it, is that because food? it's not federal. Because it's not federally mm-hmm. legal, so you can still get in trouble. Oh, so, so yeah. So, not worth it. Yeah, it's not worth it. You but also, to... you know, now on your conscience, Julia, of you being the one who further pushed your son away into the legal system, because there are a lot of people who are in jail right now who are in there for smoking weed who will not get out because they'll. Create other problems for themselves in jail and mm. have other infractions, and it's just a bad system to be stuck in. You do not want him in the system further if he doesn't have to be. That's my advice, Julia. Yeah. Is that year's rocket. Oh, yeah. Don't turn him in. I don't turn him in. I don't I don't turn him in. Have a talk with him. In, yeah. Be a grown up. Talk it out. Talk it and out. And also, Julia, don't forget: snitches get stitches. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure if he's that kind of bad boy. Um, so, Juliet, thank you for asking the stoner question of the day. You, in turn, will receive a one-week supply of this week's munchie of the week. So, you will be getting the peanut butter M&Ms that Rocket brought this week. And I think that might be that might be it for our show today. Rocket, cool.
0: Thank you for having me on again. Yeah, if you always, guys always
1: a pleasure. If you guys want, make sure to write in or tag us on Instagram at stonedinsocial if you have a Munchie of the Week you want us to try. If you have a stoner question of the day like Julia and you want a chance to win the Munchie of the Week, send us an email at stonedinsocial at gmail.com. You can always check us out online at myserenity.com slash SNS. Be sure to follow this podcast and share it with your friends and like it and subscribe and do all of those cool things that young people do. This is me and Rocket, and we're out this week. Stay highly conscious.